Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath day Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? We know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him, and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord This past week, I was on retreat, uh, and this retreat is put on for diocesan priests by Opus Dei. And this is now the sixth year that I've gone on it, every year of my priesthood. And, you know, it's kind of fun because there are just priests of all ages. There are priests who are in their 70s, even a few years ago, we still had a priest coming in his 80s, all the way down to even younger than me in their mid-20s, newly ordained baby priests. And this year I was even excited because I moved from the lower level of the retreat center upwards because you get room to buy how long you buy your ordination year. And so, but it's always just a joy for me because only the first meal and the last meal are we allowed to talk. Now you can have other private conversations throughout, but generally speaking, it's silent retreat. And so a lot of these priests I have not ever really even talked with all that much. But yet every year that I go on retreat, I look forward to seeing each and every one of them. Maybe even learn to see their quirks, and I'm sure they've observed my quirks as well. And I've learned to have this love for the fact, and I just thought about this while I was on retreat, one time, once while we were in chapel and during adoration, and I looked around the chapel, and it just struck me, and I just felt the Lord put on my heart that he had called each and every one of them. Each of them had been called, and I have been called. Jesus chose us. Vastly different men. Sheepishly shy, extraordinarily outgoing, and many different personalities, different periods of ordination. And as I was thinking about that, I thought in relation to this gospel, because I had just prayed over it earlier that morning for this coming Sunday. And I realized that each of these men spoke with the authority of Christ. Because to become a priest is ultimately to identify one's self so closely with Christ that we speak with his authority, especially in the sacraments. The priest doesn't utter, this is Jesus' body. He says, this is my body. He is so closely, priest is so closely identified with Christ that he speaks with authority. And that is an authority that is not some sort of power game or power move, but instead authority in Scripture is given for the sake of another. David, yes, at times could act as a selfish king, but he was given the kingship in service to Israel. 
to ultimately serve on their behalf. And the reason why I bring all this up is because I think we need to be very careful of our approach to authority. Because what I often see of myself, because I've fallen into this tendency myself, I'm not exempt, is the way in which we can look at the church, we can look at the hierarchy, and become critical. But like I mentioned of those priests in that chapel, each bishop has also received that call. Pope Francis has received that call. And Monsignor Gilby, a British priest, even com- he has a commentary on the catechism. And in this commentary, he makes a claim that at first just kind of struck me, and I had to like set down the book for 15 minutes so I could pick it back up. He said, whatever we say of the church, you should be able to take the word church out and replace Christ. And you should be able to utter the same thing about each one of them. Because Jesus identifies himself so closely with the church and scripture. We see him in, obviously, that just this past week, if you look at the conversion of St. Paul, whenever he knocks Paul to the ground, or Saul at that point in his life, he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He doesn't say, why are you persecuting my followers? Why are you persecuting my fans? He says, why are you persecuting me? Jesus identifies himself, yes, with authority, but also with each and every one of us in such a way. We, as the members of the body of Christ, are so to be so identified with Christ that there is no real distinction. Obviously, we each have our uniqueness, even in the priesthood. Again, one of the things that I love, just seeing different priests and the way that they interact. And we see even Paul call this out in Ephesians, where he compares Christ's union with the church to a marital relationship. We cannot be at war with one another. Someone should not be at war in their marriage. And I think this is even in relation to those areas where we struggle. This isn't to say that bishops, priests, the hierarchy is always right. It's not my point. We can have dialogue, we can have conversation, we can disagree. But my point is, is how do we view those disagreements? Does it cause us resentment? Does it cause us to become bitter towards them and to assume the absolute worst? Or to go back, oh, well, we were on retreat since we were silent during meals, except for the first and last one, we listened to an audiobook on the life of blessed Alvaro Portilla the immediate successor to St. Josemaria and his closest collaborator in building up Opus Dei. And Opus Dei had a rough go of it trying to get recognized by the church. The idea of holiness in everyday life that the lady recalled to the level of sanctity that Josemaria was claiming was rather criticized by members of the hierarchy, by superiors of religious orders. And there in the 1946, I believe, 
Opus Dei ordained their first priest that was to serve Opus Dei. And St. Josemaria did not go to the ordination because he wanted it to be their day, Opus Dei's day, not his. But a bishop commented to Blessed Alvaro, who was one of the first two priests ordained for them, that there were a number of bishops and members of religious orders that were rather concerned that St. Josemaria would gloat over them. And Blessed Alvaro conveyed this to St. Josemaria, and he commented, and he smiled, and he said, those bishops, those religious, were like a platinum scaffold working on Opus Dei to form it into what it's called to be. Perfecting its vision. Do we view the difficulties that we face in the face of the church in such a way? Do we view them as opportunities to deepen our level of sanctity, our union with the church, and to deepen our love for even those who persecute us? Or again, do we approach it with resentment, with a bitterness? Because we ultimately need to develop this great love for the church. The commandment to honor thy father and thy mother, the fourth, applies, yes, obviously to biological parents, but it also applies to our spiritual fathers, priests, bishops, the Pope, and also to our spiritual mother, the church. We are to honor, to give them a spirit of obedience. And again, like another great thing that I love about Opus Dei, and there's, you know, like a lot of talk, and I don't think it's like nearly because Pope Francis has friends in Opus Dei, but there's like this claim that from the outside, that in the different news outlets, that the Pope doesn't like Opus Dei. And again, I don't think that's particularly true. But the thing is, is every member I've ever met has such a warm and affectionate love. The priests that give a retreat from Opus Dei every year quote Pope Francis rather heavily, emphasize certain aspects of his teaching. We need to have a warm love for our pontiff, no matter who he is. Because he is the vicar of Christ. We've had every single one of them has been imperfect men, starting with the first, with St. Peter. It's important for us to develop a love for our spiritual fathers, for our spiritual mother, the church. Because without that, we cannot truly come to love Christ as he desires to be loved. And so developing this warm, affectionate care and relationship with the church, with her members, lay and hierarchical, is so important. It's not difficult, it's not easy, we will fail. But nonetheless, we need to never lose sight of that call. Because we see this in the gospel again and again, it's what astonished people. Jesus spoke with authority. He didn't speak as the scribes. 
because the scribes are simply said, here's my opinion of what the law says here. Jesus instead gives definitive answers. You have heard it said, but I say. Pay attention to what shocks people in the gospel. The way in which he speaks with authority. That he forgives sins. That he was willing to associate with the poorest of the poor. In order for us to truly develop our friendship, personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we need to have a personal relationship with the church, with the hierarchy. Because without it, we are lacking a relationship with his spouse, which is the church. And great advice the priest, number of priests gave me as a priest is, Make sure that as you're friends with individuals, that they're married, you're friend, you're, that you're also friends with their wife or their husband. And so I want to encourage each and every one of us to develop this warm, affectionate love for the church, our Holy Father, our bishops, your priest. And to be quite honest, this is not me saying, listen to me, obey me. If you still ignore me, or whatever, but you learn to love your bishop and the Holy Father more, success, in my opinion. That would make me more happy than just about anything. And so I just invite you into that. Reflect on that. That the authority of Christ has not been extinguished. It's not left dead within the scriptures. But it's still communicated to us through the church and primarily through the magisterium as passed on by the bishops and the Pope in union with them. So take heart. The Lord calls us. He wants to deepen our love for those around us, even those that we struggle with. And in loving, the, in loving Christ, we must also learn to come to love the church.